Hey, Trinity family, this is Chris McDaniel, your senior pastor, and I'm standing here today, actually the day after our presidential election, and so by the time we're all watching this on Sunday, uh, hopefully there will be more clarity around who our next president will be. But here's what I want to say with confidence today in the midst of all this uncertainty. Ultimately, if we belong to Jesus, our citizenship is in heaven. And I'm aware that right now there are people all over the political spectrum who are feeling anxious and triggered and upset and maybe even afraid. And so I just want to say to you that when we are with God and his kingdom, where we are ultimately is a safe place to be. And so I speak that over you. I speak it over my own self, my own heart right now. Because I believe that it's our responsibility as the family of God in times of remarkable uncertainty and volatility to hold steady and put our trust in him as we try to live our lives as honestly and authentically as we know how to be. And so I'm just going to invite you in the days and weeks ahead to do just that, that we would be the kinds of people who model something maybe different from what we're seeing in our wider world. Y'all, we have a responsibility as the body of Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus to one another and to a watching world right now. And so I'm going to call you to that um, and ask for his help and his grace. And to, to put a seal on it, I would like to pray um, in a way that we don't normally do before we read the text getting into a sermon. Let, let's go to the Lord and ask him for his help. Our Father in heaven, we pray for your grace and your mercy. I pray, God, over the uncertainty that we've all been sitting in over these last days, and I ask, God, that you would remind us that we belong to you, that you would remind us that we're citizens of yours, and I pray, God, that we would live into something better than what we see all around us, that we would be faithful in a way that would honor difference and allow us to remain connected to one another. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn in them to uh, Luke 11. We're going to read uh, a story that Jesus tells about perseverance and about the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if your child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then we're going to jump in and see what we can see in the word. Father, we ask today for your grace to be faithful to the biblical text. God, as we hear a story from Jesus, his own lips, about persistence and about the Holy Spirit, I pray that we would be increasingly open to and persistent to you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and guide us individually and collectively, as a church and a nation, 
during times of remarkable uncertainty. We ask for your grace now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think the first thing that we need to see here in this passage is this. God is hospitable, and so we're invited to be persistent. See, the story that Jesus tells is actually a story that if we're not aware of the way things work in Palestine, in the ancient world, and frankly today in lots of the Middle East, we're going to lose some of what the story's really about. Rather than thinking about your house, I think you need to think about this kind of house, a one-room abode where a mom and a dad would sleep in one space with their kids in the middle of the night. That's the way that most everyone listening to Jesus would have heard this story. And so they would have understood the real challenge of someone knocking on your door in the middle of the night. But here's another thing we forget. The sense of community hospitality in the Middle East at the time of Jesus, and frankly still today, is that if someone were to knock on your door in the middle of the night, you would be under a hospitable obligation to answer the knocking and meet the need. Because you would know that if the shoe were on the other foot, that person would open for you. See, people in this community at the time of Jesus understood that they belonged to one another. Therefore, there were obligations in the family and in the wider community. And so when Jesus tells a story about a person in their bed in the middle of the night who frets a little bit over getting up because he knows that if he gets up, the kids are going to wake up and then it's hard to get the kids back down. He's telling us, while that's true, there are inconveniences in obligation we also connect to one another because we live in a hospitable space. And so ultimately, Jesus is telling us a story about the hospitable heart of God. He's ultimately saying you can be persistent in your knocking because God's instinct is to go to the door and open the door. But y'all, I think we have a problem for many of us, we don't live in a hospitable space. If I come and knock on your door in the middle of the night, you open the door maybe a crack and say, quit knocking on my door, I'm calling the cops. See, we live in a world where a story like this actually doesn't feel true. And I believe the reason why a story like this doesn't feel true, why the story Jesus is telling and the way it would have landed in his hearers is so different from the way it lands in our ears, is that we've seen a major erosion of hospitality in our wider culture. And it's because I don't think that I belong to you. I think that my job is to protect my own turf, and therefore anyone who encroaches on my turf is a threat to me. And I believe that we're seeing this play out right now in our country in the middle of a presidential election. See, if I don't believe that I belong to you and you don't belong to me, then we can treat one another just how any old way we want to treat one another. Over the last number of days, I have heard sad and grief-inducing stories. I sat with an older man who said that a younger daughter was triggered and threatening to break relationship over politics. I've sat with a number of younger people who heard from their parents that there could be a threat of a broken relationship over politics. And one of the great griefs, I think, that we have to bear together is this one. We've got to remember that when we forget that we belong to one another, something really risky is happening. 
Y'all, the current cultural moment that we're in, it matters. It matters a great deal. Um, Record voter turnouts, that's something that we should actually say, this is good and important, and yet we're more divided now than maybe we ever have been as a country. I mean, watching the map play out and the popular vote play out is evidence enough that Americans don't see things the same way. And those divisions manifest in family, in friendships, and they also manifest in the body of Christ. And I just want to say to you, if God is telling us a story about his hospitable nature, he wants us to remember that in order to be like God, we have to be hospitable. And that means being willing to have obligations laid upon us, even when it doesn't feel terribly convenient or a ton of fun. And so I think a question that all of us need to ask our own souls is, do I believe that I belong to people? And maybe you push that question a little further. Do I believe I belong to people who are not exactly like me? Or can I break relationship when there's a difference? I believe that we have an opportunity as the family of God actually to model the hospitable heart of God in a way that's actually very different from what's going on around us, even what we may see going on around us right this second. God knows what's going on come Sunday morning. Actually, God does know what's going on come Sunday morning. We feel confused. The Lord's not confused. He's asking you and me to actually move toward a space of opening up the doors So I think that there is a macro interpretation here for all of us to say um, God's heart is hospitality. So you should be persistent. That means that we should knock on the door. And, And what Jesus is doing in this moment is he's actually telling us what it means to knock on the door, that it means we're supposed to be the kind of people who pray. And we don't just pray once and done kind of prayers, but we pray persistent prayers that Over and over and over again, we knock and knock and knock. We ask, we seek, we knock, we come to the Lord. Y'all, there are places in my own life right now to where I'm praying prayers, not just once, but over and over and over again, wearing out a pathway to God, asking for things over days and weeks and months and sometimes years. And I believe the Lord wants to say something to you about persistence. Are you marked by a growing sense of persistence? See, if I don't believe God's hospitable, then I won't be persistent. If I don't think God's instinct is to open the door, then I'm not going to knock on the door. And I think, frankly, some wrong thinking about the heart of God is why many of us struggle in the arena of persistence when it comes to prayer. So what is Jesus asking us to be persistent about or for? Is he just asking us to pray for outcomes and wear God out pertaining to outcomes? No. The second big movement we see in this passage is that Jesus actually is saying, be persistent in asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, he's not just saying, be persistent in asking for answers to all your dilemmas. He's saying, if you're going to wear God out, if you're going to knock on his door, then you need to be persistent asking for the Holy Spirit. Jesus is actually being really particular here. And I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts before we finish. The third big thing we see in this passage is that Jesus says it's actually safe to pursue the Holy Spirit. Now, note what he says. The imagery here is really good. He basically says, this is my paraphrase. Y'all would not trick your children with something dangerous, a snake or a scorpion. And you're not terribly great parents sometimes. You would give your kids good things if they asked for good things. How much more with a good God, a hospitable God, give good things, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask? 
And so Jesus says, it's not risky or dangerous to ask for the work of the Holy Spirit to increase in your life. He says, God will meet you there. And that leads to the fourth thing that I think is really important for us to consider. He says, we are called, relating to the Holy Spirit, to ask, seek, and knock. Note the activity in those words. These are not passive words. These are active words about pushing into, persisting, pressing into access to the good thing that God would want to give. And this is where I think God's inviting many of us to grow and stretch. We have an opportunity to go beyond a kind of passive engagement that many of us fall into. Well, if God wants to do something good, he'll, he'll do something good. Here I am. He knows where to find me. To something more open, something more active, where we ask, seek, knock. We seek the Holy Spirit's activity to increase in our life. Over the last week and over the next couple of weeks, we at this church are focusing on the person and work of the Holy Spirit to get ready for Advent and Christmas. We are now saying, what does it mean for us to pray that ancient prayer of the church? Come Holy Spirit. That's the prayer Jesus is inviting us to pray in this passage. Come Holy Spirit. Knock on the door. Ask God for the good thing that only he can give. And I believe the Lord wants us to be clear about asking for the one who can give us really important tools for living. We know in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is here to help us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to convict us, to be a guide for us. Elsewhere at this initiative that my wife and I have launched called Renewing the Center, um, we started a podcast, and you can access that podcast anywhere you find podcast content just by simply searching Renewing the Center. We did a deep dive on the person and work of the Holy Spirit there, and I would commend that to you. That study was fruitful for us. I also think it would be very fruitful for you to engage. You just simply go back into the archives, and you'll find, I think we did seven or eight episodes on the work of the Spirit. But here's where I want to leave it today. Jesus is attempting to direct our hearts to ask and be persistent for the right kinds of things. Maybe you're worn out because your praying is all about outcomes. And, and it's good to pray for outcomes sometimes in our lives, to ask God to meet a particular need. But in this instance, Jesus is saying, don't just pray for outcomes. Pray for the Holy Spirit to come into your life because it'll change the way you actually think and live, specifically the way we live in the midst of uncertainty. And y'all, right now, we are living in remarkably uncertain times. So we need to join with the church and say, come Holy Spirit. I want to leave you with a few questions. Um, we didn't do questions last week and we heard from a number of you that you really do want the space to reflect and interact. And so I'm going to leave you with these questions and then we're going to pivot to a moment of musical worship. But here, here are a couple of questions for consideration. Reflect on this statement. God is hospitable so I can be persistent in prayer. Do we believe this? How might God be inviting you to grow in believing that he's hospitable? So therefore, you might be persistent. The second question I want to leave you with is this. What does it look like for you to grow in regards to hospitality right now? And I think it's fair to think politics and family and friendships. How might God be inviting you to be more hospitable? And thirdly, how might God be inviting you to pursue the Holy Spirit? What does asking, seeking, knocking, what do those things look like for you in this season of your life? In a few moments, we're going to pivot 
to communion. So you can pause your screen and look at those questions if you want. But we're going to move now, after, after I pray, into a musical response. And then Marty or the band will lead us in praying the Lord's Prayer at the end. But here's what I want to say about communion. This is an opportunity for you to use your liturgy and turn to your group and receive communion. But I want to say this about our pickup time. If you've been coming to the church at four on Sundays to pick up, because we're starting in-person services in our parking lot today, actually, we're going to shift the pickup time from Monday to Thursday between 10 and 2. So you or a representative can come up during those business hours and pick up communion kits if you wish to do so. We won't be here at 4 because we're going to be gathering in the morning to do an outside worship service. Let's pray together and then we're going to respond in worship. Father, I pray that you would help my friends and me to look to you and trust you. I pray that we would be persistent in praying and that we would look for the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives. I speak blessing over my brothers and sisters. I ask you to help us stay steady in the boat during remarkably tumultuous times. Have mercy on us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship together. As we move into this time of reflection, time of response, the simple prayer of come Holy Spirit, Sometimes that's all we can pray. So let's allow ourselves to settle into a posture of connecting with the Lord. Come Holy Spirit. The traditional form of prayer is simply hands out, palms up. It's a way for us to say, God, I give you things and I also want to receive what you have for me. And so... If you're unsure what to pray, pray, come Holy Spirit. Put your body in a posture that says, I want to connect with you, Lord. I want to commune with you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and fill us with your spirit. It says in Scripture that every good and perfect gift is given to us from the Father of light. And so, Lord, we ask for your gifts. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us with your gifts. God, we ask that you would give us a desire to desire the gifts of the Spirit. God, that we would cry out for healing, for hospitality, gifts of wisdom, gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Lord, would you give us gifts as you see fit? We surrender our lives. We surrender our hearts to you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your presence. Come fill us with your power. Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Amen. And now if you're able, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.